This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 hello. And here we are in the studio, Love to Beat Radio, based in South East London in Penge here. And I am absolutely thrilled today to have two guests today. Uh, we've got Matt Hall, who is Head of Community at Bromley Football Club. Hooray! They won at the weekend. We'll find out more about that in a moment. And Sonia Brown will be tuning in just after the adverts at three o'clock. Now, Sonia, as um, my regular listeners will know, didn't appear or didn't pop into the radio station um, last week. Unbeknown to us, she actually wasn't very well. But she's fine, and she has reassured me that she'll be okay today. So I am looking forward to being able to um, talk to her today. So, Matt, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Jackie. It's <laughs> lovely to be here, lovely to be on Love to Beat Radio today, and, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, because we're looking forward to, as some of you may know and Matt will know, um, we've got a, uh, an event at Bromley Football Club on the 8th of March, which celebrates International Women's Day. So just a reminder that on Wednesday, we've got our Bromley meeting, which for the very first time is being held in the old town hall in Bromley. So that's very exciting too. So tell us about you, Matt. What, I know you've been in the business, quote unquote, for a long time, and probably I could sit down now and you could run the show for me. So because of all the broadcasting and PA stuff that you do, tell me, tell, let's tell our listeners about you and how you got started with Bromley Football Club. Well, it's funny you say that, Jackie. I actually uh, went to university after I finished school and trained to be a teacher, which I, I did for two years um, in, some, in some local primary schools in the, in the Bromley Borough. Um, I'd always been a Bromley supporter. I think I uh, went to my first match in 2011 uh, and looking at the club back then it was you know a part-time outfit um, very very few members of staff all of the players were on part-time contracts had jobs elsewhere fast forward to 2023 and we've been full-time now for for nearly seven years um, wow. all the players are, are full-time I'm, I'm in a full-time role myself now having been uh, the match day announcer was my first job when I was 17 and I'm still doing wow. it now I've, I've had the pleasure of announcing at Hayes Lane every week nothing beats that I've been at Selhurst Park um, with, with Crystal Palace women I've been at Charlton the Valley as well and and Wembley Stadium on two occasions which um, was a real honour to, to be able to do that at such an iconic place but um, that's part of my role I'm, I'm the commentator as well so I follow the team home and away and providing the radio commentary for the supporters who who can't make the trips and, and some of them who, who can't get to the home games as well um, but my full-time role is head of community so all of the stuff that, that you and I've been talking about for several weeks now um, is is our passion and involving our local community in the football club and trying to improve their lives is is what we set out to do it's brilliant it's brilliant i mean it's it's uh, since you were 17 I mean, that is Correct. amazing to have that role yes and the experiences that you must have had and uh, um everything in that so um what what's the favorite thing that you actually enjoy <coughs> sorry what's the thing that you most enjoyed about your role i mean obviously it's very wide in your knowledge and expertise that you've got um, is there something that you could say that particularly is something that you enjoy doing? I, I love it all really and, and, and it's just representing the club that I support is, is an honour and, and you never take that for granted. You know, We won the FA Trophy last year at Wembley Stadium in front of 46,500 people beating Wrexham, massive underdogs on the day but got the result, got the 1-0 win and, and it's a pleasure to be able to just walk into work and see that big trophy that piece of history every single day in the bar in our little trophy cabinet I'd never dreamt we'd have had a trophy cabinet but we do now um, I'd say pr probably my favourite part of it is the part that I've been doing since I was 17 which is the, the, the broadcasting element you know, the, the commentary um, and, and the stadium announcing, it's just sort of um, it's been a dream to do that ever since I was young. I know I started it when I was 17, but I wanted to do it a long time before that as well. Um, but look, just, just being able to represent the club and, and actually through the Community Trust, change lives and, and change lives within our community and, and recognise all of the people and different groups that are in our community is, is a pleasure every day. And I've actually seen the cup. It was like, you know, bowed several times in front of it. So, I mean, it's uh, quite, quite special. It's huge, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it it's is. Yeah. Really, it's really good. And the building, for those of you 
who have perhaps not been to Bromley Football Club. It's the most amazing building. They've um, refurbished. Um, when did when did you do the refurbishment? Was it last year or the year before? So the <coughs> actual stand itself, so the seated area within the stadium, if you like, um, pitch side, was introduced in 2019. So it's uh, about 1,500 seats in there. It's called the Glyn Beverly Stand, named after our former chairman and director who sadly passed away um, in 2017. Um, and, and, and there's another name, the John Fiorini Stand, uh, within the stadium, which is named after, again, a club legend in, in John Fiorini, who was sadly lost um, quite a long time ago as well, many years ago. Um, it's important for us that these people live on and, and their legacy lives on. And talking of the stand behind that stand Jackie as you talk about is the amazing Broomfields Bar and Kitchen which is open every day of the week um, to the general public aside from football it's of course open on match days but um, the chairman came in and, and he built this infrastructure because he's he's a very uh, sound businessman a very successful businessman and wants to the club to be self-sufficient off the pitch before you know we can really progress uh, on it as well so yeah this building's been been in place really the interior of it since uh, January 2021 20, uh, so it's been about a year that we've kind of been working in there it's flown by really we've got an mm. office space in there um, as I've mentioned we've got the the fantastic new bar facility which is very large as well and can cater for a high number of people we've got a players gym which is personalized as well they've got all their Bromley Football Club logos there's changing rooms academy classrooms the academy is another massive very successful fa facet of the football club uh, catering for 16 to 18 year olds to continue their education alongside their football um, and, and it's a, a real pleasure to be able to work in it having uh, been in a porter cabin for, for several <laughs> years before that it's it's quite the contrast let me tell you <laughs> yeah no both both those buildings are quite spectacular aren't they and um i i met toddy the other week yes you know, the, um yes. crystal palace yeah he used to play for portsmouth west yeah. ham yeah very very good player yeah. in his day and and does a dabbles in a bit of coaching yes. uh, at bromley football club which is great for us to be able to attract a name like that to, to coach within our within our youth ranks. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, I know his wife better because Severina Todorova is one of my hosts of my group for Orpington. Um, so, I, but I've only met him the once and that was because Severina wasn't well. She had COVID, or well, I think, no, she didn't have COVID, but she really wasn't very well at all. So we, we met each other almost on the staircase of where they live and stretched out our arms to <laughs> pass over this thing for Christmas for her. So, um, but he pops in, doesn't he? He does some of the training on a voluntary basis, I think. Yeah, so we've right? got we've got a youth section as well, which is is where he coaches, and and that caters for hundreds of children to come along and and have a chance at playing in a team. There are three or four teams for every age group, from under seven right up to under eighteen. Um, so girls teams have been introduced in the past few years as well which is something we're really passionate about girls and women in sport and, and we'll come more onto that later yeah. um, but all of these coaches and parents they volunteer their time um, and their efforts to organize the games and, and coach the teams and it's brilliant to see and and there's a lot of talent coming through those teams as well so community head what does what does that mean what what does that role mean and what actually is the community for football so uh, it'd be easy to say, what doesn't it mean? It, oh, right. it means a lot of things. Um, so we are, uh, we've set up the club's community trust, which for those familiar with football, um, even at the, you know, the very top level, Arsenal's, Chelsea's, Man United, so on and so forth, they all have charitable arms, which are uh, separate organisations from the football clubs, but deliver the club's community provisions. Um, so that for us, that's anything from um, soccer schools where we have opportunities for children who just want to come and play. They don't want to play in a team. They don't want to play competitively. They just want to come and kick a ball around. Um, we offer those from the age of four right up to right up to 16. And that extends right through to some of our older participants. Um, we recognised after COVID that a number of our older supporters and, and older people in the community were suffering from loneliness and isolation. Uh, we introduced a scheme called Raven's Chat, which is completely free. They come along on a Thursday morning, 11 till one, um, and they just chat and they have a coffee and they socialise and, and the feedback that we've had from it and the impact on the lives of the people in that group has been incredible to see. You know, people that were really struggling with mental health during the pandemic, being on their own, living on their own, uh, family members have moved away and, and partners sadly passed away. We've made such a difference to their lives and, and, and I'm proud to say that we do that across the age groups, right from young children all the way up to, I think our oldest participant is 88. Wow. So we really are across the spectrum trying to do our bit for the Bromley community. 
extending to things like disability football as well, which is a, a real passion of mine. Now that's, that really is interesting that when you touched on that disability football, which we'll come back to in a moment. But I mean, I'm, I have to say, I'm not a big football follower. I like to watch England. Um, and because of you guys, I'm, I'm more um, like to be in tune because it's local and all the rest of it. Um, so I was absolutely astonished when I first came and met up with you all to find out exactly the things that you do do and that you do cover in the borough. I mean, some of which you've just expanded on that I didn't know about. I know about um, Adriana, who, who does the um, ladies' football side of things, which I'm hoping to encourage her in one day and we can have a good chat with her. But on, on the female side of things, it's astonishing as well. Well, for me, in my ignorance, it's astonishing just how much you do do. You've got very wide coverage and, again, on all the ages, haven't you? We have, yeah. And, and again, I go back to, to how the club was 10 years ago. Um, when I came in in 2018, even uh, the community provision was was limited, and, and myself and, and Jeff Hutton, who's one of our trustees for the community trust, um, we're really passionate about this, and, and we've introduced such a wide range range of schemes. It's very, it's easier to do that, do it for children. You know, children want to come and they want to play football, they want to be involved. The boys and the girls game, which has come on so much in the past few years, it, it's quite easy to encourage that. That the challenge is supporting those people who are less represented, um, supporting people with disabilities, the older people. Actually, we've branched into dementia as well now, um, which my, my grandmother had, had dementia until she passed away a few months ago. Um, so again, it's another passion of mine. And when you can see actually how much impact you're having on the community and when it's being noticed by the council, you, you know you're doing something right. And, and we're, we're we wouldn't be able to do this without the support of our partners and we've got so many fantastic wonderful partners you know that support the work that we do the football club really support it and push it as well um, and it all helps to to help our, our beneficiaries and, and our participants no it's amazing it's 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 um astonishing and if i could dare say in one so young because you're the real driver in all this aren't you well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a fantastic team um, behind me as well. Um, you mentioned Andrea there, the Women and Girls Development Officer. We've become the first club um, in, in Kent to actually employ a Women and Girls Development Officer full-time, which shows how seriously we're taking it. Um, and actually, we're leading the way in Kent. Um, we've got a fantastic office team and a brilliant group of coaches as well. Um, and these coaches aren't afraid to get stuck in. You know, they're used to coaching children. That's their bread and butter. But we throw them into the situations, working with the older people, working with people with, let's face it, complex disabilities. It doesn't scare me. I've got a brother with disabilities and, and I've lived with that for, for 26 of my 28 years. So it, it doesn't scare me. But for some of these young coaches and, and even the older ones as well, it's something completely new to them, but they recognize how important it is. And actually they're nervous at first, they throw themselves into it and, and they absolutely love it. And it's just brilliant all round to see how much power football has to make a positive change. Yeah, I think you've really highlighted the rewarding side of things because, because it is so visible the improvement in people's lives which clearly you are making um with everything that you're doing so i think i don't know i don't know maybe i should be playing football i don't know um, i'll have to speak to andrea we'll have to get you down jackie <laughs> oh, no, i've got a long way to go before that um well, but i have got a little grandson which who i mentioned to you some time ago he's coming up for three so do you have a waiting list for little ones? I know you start at four, don't you? We start at four for our football, but we've started to offer uh, gymnastics for toddlers, oh, um, which okay. uh, runs on a Thursday. Um, we've partnered up with uh, Allegro School of Gymnastics, which is a, a local gymnastics provider, um, and they uh, facilitate the sessions at Hayes Lane at the stadium um, with phenomenal equipment. I go in there, I want to have a go at doing the backflips and all of that as well. I'm not sure that would end very well, if I'm being totally <laughs> honest, but <laughs> the coaches have said they'll teach me, but I've, I've steered clear of that one for the moment but in, in all seriousness we, we we've brought that to the table we realize it's important to offer more than football um, we're starting yoga this week as well um, we've got a yoga instructor in and, and we've got uh, 13 women signed up tomorrow night and another 10 on Wednesday to to take part in that so we've got gymnastics we've got yoga but the actual football provisions at the moment start from four upwards but we are looking to to see if we can um go a little bit lower than that and mm. uh, test the coaches a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, keep me posted because he certainly is full of energy. We had him 
for a couple of hours this morning because um, his other nan, not for, who usually has him on a Monday, um, not very well. So we had him this morning and I'm quite exhausted, I tell you. Because <laughs> 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 it's uh, quite a while since I've had... I mean, yes, he comes and visits with his dad, but for him to be with us on our own, it was, it was quite uh, interesting the number of times he wanted to go up and down the stairs, for example. So it's not... I'd love to have that much energy. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Just having a little chat with Matt about the fact that the next record I was going to play, which just dribbled in there, was Heroes with David Bowie. And um, Matt has got a little story to tell us on that. So over to you, Matt. Yes, so uh, the song you're about to play, Jackie, Heroes, um, is a quite a significant feature of our, our match day playlist. Um, if you hear that song, it means things have gone well. It means we've won the game. Um, that, that is our song to play if, if we win. Um, and it just has been ever since I, I took the mic, really. I think it, it has a connection to Bromley with, with David Bowie being a, a local lad as well. Um, and we look at the third kit from this season, which has been inspired by, by the man himself. Um, and it's, it's a teal colour. It's, it's quite an in interesting one. We've never had one like this before. Um, so the, the process was um, we put it out to the supporters to, to come up with designs for these kits. And the one that was eventually chosen, I think there were over 500 entries, um, was inspired by David Bowie. Um, mm. And the players took part in a little tour around uh, the area and iconic places um, that, that he went to. Uh, St Matthew's Drive, one of them. He, he filmed one of his music videos, which was for the uh, Buddha of Suburbia music video. Um, and Gosh. the Churchill Theatre as well, the Bowie yeah. Bandstand, so on and so forth. But yeah, that, that's been a, an iconic song on our playlist for quite a few years. And, and we like that, that local connection. And we had an exhibition when we released this kit back in November at the football club. And there's still actually Bowie merchandise um, available in the club shop. I got myself one of the one of the hoodies, um, which uh, is very very comfortable, and I'd highly recommend. Um, but yeah, there's plenty available if you're a Bromley and a, and a Bowie fan as well. How fantastic! I'm, I'm just amazed at that connection. Isn't it interesting how when you're talking to different people, all these bits of news um, and join up with stuff? Because um, Kat Webb, who may be listening today. She's one of the 1230 TWC hosts for Birchington and she organises walking tours of Beckenham because, as Matt just touched on, Bowie was, in fact, um, a local lad for Beckenham um, and, uh, well, he was in Beckenham for a long time and doing things in different clothing ranges and had his first Ziggy Stardust hairdo um, etc. What's what are you showing me? So I've, ju I've just realised there's a, there's an old newspaper cutting from yeah. May 1966, yeah. um, where David Bowie is crowning eight May Queens on the pitch at Bromley Football Club at oh, Hayes Lane. Really? Incredible! Look at that. Oh, fantastic! That's amazing. Did you know that, Cat? Are you listening? Let me know. Cat <laughs> does um, these walking tours in Beckenham, and I. I don't know what her next date is, but do look out for that. And um, with Kat and also Chloe Ross, who is chair of the Copescope Area Residents Association, Association, and more recently, Lib Dem MP for Beckenham, we organised an event last year on Beckenham Green, Ziggy Stardust event, which was fantastic. We had we involved all the local schools, the children with art. Uh, poetry, um, tribute bands, tribute artists, etc. It was ama an amazing day, and we're looking to do that again this year. So watch this space for that. Isn't that amazing? I would never have known that. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? What, what you find if you can do a little bit of research is, yeah. is yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Fantastic connection. 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes For and from business women On all the socials www.1230.co.uk At Love to Beat Radio Hello and we are back in the studio now And I am delighted to let you know that Sonia Brown, I hope, is on the other end. Can you hear me, Sonia, okay? I can hear you loud and clear. 
Happy New Year. <laughs> I'm so glad you were able to join us. I did fill our listeners in with the fact that last week, actually, you hadn't been too well, so you weren't able to join us. But I'm so glad you are here now. Um, and that's why I committed to come this week. <laughs> I know, I know. So um, I know you've just had a behind-the-scenes chat with Matt, who's live on the air as well. So you guys can have a bit of a chat in a moment. I just want to update everybody what's happening with 12.30, the Women's Company. We've got Lunchtime Networking this Wednesday. We are a locally-based radio station in Penge, south-east London, and our head office, 1230 TWC Business Beat, is um, actually based in Beckenham. But this Wednesday, we are going to a new venue for our Bromley group, which Peggy McSweeney is the host of. And we are going to be in what is called the, is called Clockwise, but it's the old Bromley Town Hall. And what they've done to it is absolutely amazing. So if you've not been there before, definitely come to the meeting. I'm going to answer the question, why networking? Why is networking so important to business? And that is what we're going to be covering at that meeting on Wednesday. So do have a look on the website, all the w's, 1230.co.uk. And under the calendar, you'll be able to find all the details about the meetings there. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody on Wednesday. So, Sonia, I'm so glad that you are here. Would you like to introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself to our regular listeners and to those who are new to us? Okay, so I'm the founder and director of NBWN, uh, which is the National Black Women's Network, plus... As a subsidiary, we had Sister Talk UK. Um, and so what we do is looking at focusing on helping micro, mompreneurs, and uh, those who've got a side hustle to get to the next level. Um, so we've been doing that for nearly 20 years. Um, plus, it's, again, it's about getting the voice of small entrepreneurs to policy, to the government, um, and to the people who make decisions about how they support small business owners. And we need to have a voice, and that's it. Simple as that. Okay, so how did you get involved in all that? What's your background, um, Sonia? Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all I have to say, I had a horrible boss who bullied me, and I said, I cannot live like this. And... I happened to meet um, Baroness Howells, and I said, look, I can't live like this. And she said, what would be your ideal job? And I wrote that job description, but it's a network. Try and make it happen, but if it doesn't, get a job in it. And the reality was I was in an organization where we had 25 VIPs who knew me personally, knew me well, so I could go to every single department and say, look, how do I make this work? So how do you think they felt when I was there? Um, I want to do a Black Women's Network. Black Women's Network. <laughs> I look back and I laugh and I blush. But... I wouldn't um, be able to they... know whether you are or not, she says. <laughs> I know. But you know what, Jackie? At the time, it was... Remember, it's 20 years ago. Yeah, it's I know. Not how they talk about diversity now. And even if you look at the narrative around diversity, it's still, it's still, please. You know, I've been in the game for 20 years and I'm looking at the narrative and I'm thinking, hmm, please, hmm. I know. Because nothing, if you look at the the numbers, the numbers have not changed for 20 years. So that tells you we're paying... uh, you can have how many award ceremonies, how many this, how many this. The numbers aren't changing. I don't know um, whether you had the opportunity to listen to what Matt was saying earlier about the women's side of the football club that, that, that they actually organise and how um, amazing and wide the, ra- the ages are in that and also the fact that they look at disabilities and mental health, etc., etc. Matt, diversity, how does that work with the club you got issues or things that you've particularly had to address how how does it work i think it is it's really important uh, for us to recognize that um 
you know, typically you go to a football ground and, and typically it's full of, of white males. Um, that is something that we actively try and try and do things about. We try and invite people from various backgrounds and cultures, uh, not only to watch the team, but of course to, to participate in these activities. You know, we, we recognised well before uh, the England women's team became uh, such a success as they did last year with a brilliant... I heard they uh, did really well at Wembley. They were fantastic. They, they were yeah, fantastic, they Sonia. Well. And, and, you know, uh, just, just on a little side note, we did win there two months before that, um, <laughs> our, our men's team as well. So I'd like to think, no, you know... I don't like football. So, it, I, you know, I just taught my friends who love Arsenal and Chelsea and Tottenham. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's it's all about it's all about Bromley here, isn't it, Jackie? And um, um, <laughs> North London, you think? That's it. It's it's it, it's brilliant to be able to 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 do that and and to encourage that that participation and the, the disability side you've mentioned as well. My my own brother um, it has has severe mental disabilities. Um, that has become a passion of mine since I've got into got into the to the this role that I'm in now, coming from teaching, and uh, we've got a pan disability football group now so whatever somebody's disability is whether it's physical whether it's mental um, they're welcome to come along we have coaches that have worked in special needs environments that are qualified they're experienced with that and we've got a lot of others that want to learn and, and make a difference to these people's lives as well I was saying to Sonia off air um, we've become the first football club in Kent to employ women and girls development officer full-time and we really take that seriously you know last year we talk about the success of the men's team and, and the lionesses in terms of England Bromley women won their division and got promoted um, to, to the league that they play in now and they're, and they're settling in quite well um, so you, we have a, a women's team that, that train twice a week and they play on a Sunday we take that very seriously um, unfortunately you have some clubs at this level that don't um, but for us that's really really important and uh, it's important for the young girls that we get through the door to have role models to look up to as well um, and they've got that in abundance now um, I think our oldest female participant is 68 and our youngest is four so Let's again, for us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, it's never I mean, too late. I mean, it's never too late. Sorry, it's in sorry to interject. It's interesting because obviously, um, Jackie knows this. I've lost the use of my legs, and um, one of my other network people is like, I'm so depressed. I was very, you know, got to deal with depression, and he said, "All right, I'm going to make you speak to somebody," and he was um, a well England wheelchair champion so we were having this chat and he was just saying Sonia I just found my passion after that in the wheelchair doing rugby and I was just thinking I want to play tennis because that's my passion I love tennis not that I'm the best but I'm competitive and I'm thinking oh my god can I do tennis but with this disability there's nothing out there to say okay even if it's once a week, let her go out. Even if she stands at the, court, the net and just hits from the net, how much that would do for my confidence, for my, um, yeah, my confidence and my ability to improve mentally. But you look at all these so-called um, services and you talk about women and disabilities, etc. But actually, are they supporting these women? Are they supporting the disabilities? There's so many avenues that they can um, have ha access to what you're providing in many different ways, but your officials do not have the creativity or the innovation to make these things happen. Yeah, and this is something that I've been learning through Matt and, and Andrea, mm. who um, is the head of the female side of things, that Bromley Football Club, I'm just absolutely amazed that you sort of think local and you think, yeah, OK, local. I back on to Beckenham Town Football Club where I live and I know they do mm. a lot of stuff. Um, but I am absolutely amazed how much and how wide Bromley Football Club is, is looking at the um, borough as a whole and picking up everybody who and supporting and, and supporting, supporting the families um uh, matt mentioned earlier that sadly they lost one of their supporters recently um and the support that they offered to him well him as such but also his family his friends and everybody was actually involved in that side of things and and matt 
um, I think is such an astonishing person to be covering all these goals, dare I say, um, and no pun is intended on that. And it's just so wide. It's so wide but across Jackie, the borough. Me and you have been in the game for a long time. So I'm going to say he knows the community he, subvert, he supports, yeah? So his community is going to be very, very diverse. So why is it they can do it? They don't need a guidebook. They don't need a policy. They don't need a, um, a training course. They just get on with it because, yes, we want girls to come out of these cultures that inhibit their um, freedom. We want girls to feel free. But not only that, we want disabled people to feel that they, they could be more than a wheelchair or an invisible disability. And that's where I get frustrated. Mm. Matt, what do you say? I, th I think I, I really hear what you're saying, Sonia, and I think it boils down to one word for me, which is, is passion. And, you know, I've talked about my brother and, and the fact that he's two yeah. years younger than me. I've grown up, you know, seeing somebody's uh, possibilities in life so limited and, you know, not able to take part in, in many things. And they're very few and far between. And for me, it was being able to do something different and actually understanding that not everybody has equal access to these opportunities. And, and as you say, Bromley is a very wide, a very diverse community. We're the biggest borough in London as well, let's not forget. And we've got a very wide community to serve. And, and you're very posh, you're very posh and gentified. Well, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> well, some of us are, but... You know. I'm not sure about that, yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Broccoli. I was shocked when I went there and I saw Sainsbury's. I went, we're really gentrified now. <laughs> <laughs> My dad sends that. Probably. Yeah, but yeah. That, I was born in Forest Hill, so yeah, it's yeah. Near, near where my dad was from as well. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, I didn't know you were broccoli. I thought you were Croydon, yeah. where we first you know, met. Do you know what's really strange? I was speaking to this paralytic guy who's in a wheelchair. So he's played for England for rugby, and you know, we had a call. You know what's really weird? I kept thinking his accent, his accent, and I went, "Where did you grow up?" Lee I Road. <laughs> No wonder I grew up in Broccoli. And, <laughs> but there's something about South London, even Broccoli, we're so passionate about life. And then when you meet other people, you're like, oh, please, come on. Get a grip. Get a grip. It ain't that hard. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh... And I think, you know, and I think even talking about, um, and I'm sorry, listeners, my carer has just arrived, so I have to open the door to let her in. Um, you know, and as you said about your brother, you know, learning to walk again, I didn't know how difficult it was going to be. Do you know? Um, we just, we'll just talk amongst ourselves while you're there. Yeah, no, no. I've just got to put the door. Okay, that's all right. But the thing is, it's just like people things. How do you walk? I couldn't get out of the cars. I couldn't get out of the taxis. I couldn't um, clerk, trying to walk on the pavement. And, um... But I suppose the thing is, as, as an observer, I mean, I, I don't know, but as an observer, from your perspective, one, one minute you were healthy and running... Um, exactly. Going to the House of Commons, going to the House of Lords, yeah. talking with people at that level, and the next minute you're unable to walk and, and, you, and, and something that is so taken for granted. Can you, can you've you got imagine, to relearn. Can you imagine you wake up one day and you're trying to get out of the bed and you're like, what is happening? What is happening? And mm. the next minute you're in hospital, then you're in a trauma unit and then... You know, your life changes because you're dependent on people, mm. Jackie. Mm. And even you, Matt, if you look at the girls who come in and who come in and their lives, it means so much. Their lives are changed forever. So even if they're healthy and strong, just by having that opportunity to play football, how does that change their lives? 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I know how tennis changed my life. Mm. Massively, massively. It really does. And you, you just can't underestimate the power of sport. And, yeah. and that's another thing for us. You look at football and actually yeah. you see so much bad press about football. What you don't see is this side of it and the things that go on as a result well, it's the of discipline. it. It's, it's, look, yeah, look, the no, training sure. you have to do, the discipline. Yeah. Can you imagine? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, right, you just don't go on the field and kick a ball. Yeah. You've got to train, you've got to do other training. I mean, all the other training I had to do because I wanted to be the best. Jackie knows me. I want to be the best. And so you have to do cardio. You have to do, oh, God, I hate it. Thanks and burpees. I hate them. You know, I was the angry black woman. I was the angry black woman. (laughs) But you had to do it to be the best that you want to do. And I look at, um, you know, in life, I think that what we are missing in the narrative. Because everyone wants to be on Love Island, everyone wants to be on this first dates and all this nonsense. But what people don't realise is the process and they don't enjoy the process. So you know, even if the girls come to play football with you, are they prepared to do the process? I mean, I was at the... um my sort of early days with the club, really, uh, when I was when we had that decent weather, and I was sat outside the buildings that Matt's mentioned earlier with Sam, and Sam and I are doing an International Women's Day, as you've probably seen Sonia on the eighth of March, and we were sat there, and it was during the school holidays, and this troop of youngsters came through, mm-hmm. all guarded, and there were little ones. One of our ones, programs, yeah. Yeah, there were little ones at the front, and it was just amazing to watch this different age group get. They got taller and taller as they all walked through in this long crocodile line going through to do their training. Um, And the other thing that I was absolutely amazed and impressed by the club, because I'm constantly impressed by the things, was the security. Because when I turned up at the building, this was outside the building, a security lady asked me what I was doing there. And I said, I've got an appointment to meet someone. And she said, oh, he'll be with you shortly. And in fact, he was, and we went into the building and everything else. And then my colleague, Sam, that I'm doing the event with, she met up with us, and we wanted to continue our own meeting once we'd finished with the club um, on the, uh, you know, in the ground so that we could actually sit there and carry on with the meeting. And we were sat there, and we saw these youngsters going through, as I mentioned, and the another security person came up and said, what are you doing here? So I explained why we were there, and we were continuing our meeting. And it wasn't that where they actually wanted to get rid of us. Mind you, they did. Um... But it was the fact that they, with all these children, with all these young people here, as, as well as adults, they wanted to make sure that they were secure and that we weren't some randoms who just walked in and were up to no good. And so the security side of there is very, very impressive. Is that something you get involved with at all, Matt? Yes, yeah, so uh, part of my role is uh, I'm a qualified welfare officer uh, and I'm one of the assistant safeguarding officers for the for the football club as well. Um, so we ensure that all of our staff um, who work with the children and, and the adults actually are DBS checked. Um, we DBS check them if they're not, of course, but, and we get that in place before they start work. And they have to go through numerous courses um, which are put into place by the Football Association. One of those is safeguarding um, children and safeguarding vulnerable adults as well, and that's a, a big, big thing for us. We're working with a lot more children from a lot more uh, different circumstances and, and different backgrounds and different areas than we were before. And, and you do come across uh, times when, when you're faced with issues um, and, of course, children can sometimes have a mind of their own and, and try and run off and not do what you're telling them. And mm-hmm. in an environment like that, when you're responsible for, you know, the amount of children that you saw when you were there that day, mm-hmm. um, you have to have these things in place. And, and to have that security available to us is fantastic. Uh, we brief them at the start of the day with the coaches so they're fully aware of exactly what's going on and when. They're kept in contact via uh, walkie-talkie radios with the coaches. Um, and, of course, as you know, there's an access road um, which splits the, the stadium and the rear community pitches in half so um, obviously that's another consideration and you can never be too careful particularly when you're working with children absolutely and again it's, I, you know a, it's big, a big tip there isn't it 
Yes, Impulse User X. I remember when we the network did our project, um, our community ambassador program, and one of the things, even with the football teams, how much involvement your local police station has working with you. Absolutely, just, yeah. They do so much, and it's so underreported in a positive way. So there's one of our programmes, if, if I may, I'd just like to highlight, mm, which um, we we do involve the police and we do involve the, the local fire brigade as well. Um, we, yeah, run half, we run HAF camps um, and HAF stands for holiday, holiday activities and food. And it's primarily targeted at children. You know, we're talking about diversity here. Um, mm. And it, it, it's not just in the physical sense and, and it's not just to do with gender, but it's also to do with financial background as well. And, and the fact that yeah. especially right now, a lot of children are struggling to access opportunities um, due to due to financial restraints and of course that's highlighted by the cost of living crisis at the moment um, but we run these activity camps which are funded by the local council um, and the Bromley Children and Families Forum who are our pro project partners for that um, and, and the day consists of um, you know it, it's means tested these these families are targeted um, the ones that really need the support SEN families free school meal families the children come down they have a, a day of football coaching they get a nutritious meal, a hot meal, which very sadly for, for some of them might be the only meal they have or the only nutritious meal they have that day. You um, know, you took the words out, because I was going to say about how can they learn if they're hungry? Exactly, exactly. And, and, and that's, not, that's not widely looked at, I think. And, and that's something exactly. that we've, we've really worked hard, along with the, the Children and Families Forum in, in Bromley, to, to try and address. And, and they get the fruit snacks during the day as well, so they're kept, their energy levels are kept up if they, if they need that, really, <laughs> with, with some healthy food. And, of course, they, they enjoy playing the football as well. Um, and, and part of it as well... Um, it is not football related. They have talks from the likes of the local police and the local fire brigade and, and people that will inspire them. Um, and, you know, it's really important that the, these kind of children and, and these families have access to, to this. The families have nutrition training as well and can attend courses on, on how to prepare nutritious meals for their children on a budget. Um, so really the effects of it can go very, very far and actually make the world of difference to, to a family who, who might be struggling financially. It's amazing just how far reaching It's more than just kicking a ball, isn't it? Yes, it is completely. It's so much more than that. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. So we're going to go back to um, my guests now. So, Sonia, are you there? Yep, yeah, I'm still here. Good. Been inspired. <laughs> and thank you, Matt, for helping me to be a bit more empathetic to football. <laughs> a pleasure. Always happy to help. <laughs> yeah. So, right, so what, what were the points you wanted to cover today, Sonia? That, um... Well, you talk about why networking... And we are in January, and I think it's really important for people to think about what's your vision, not only for this year, but till end of the, this, you know, this period of time. What's your vision for the next 10 years? And how are you going to achieve that, bearing in mind how rapidly the world is changing? And it changes so quickly. So if you're in business, okay, is your business going to keep up with the trends that are happening? It's not just about, am I on the high street? Have I just got an eBay business or I'm selling online? You know, you know they could be casual about it. It's like an eBay, Amazon business. Okay, how are you going to move with AI? How are you going to move with drones? How are you going to move with Bitcoin? How's, how's your life, sustainability and climate change? It's all going to have an impact on us. How are you doing the research to make sure your business is part of that movement? So that's part of the vision. And again, what's ahead? Because not only do I need to think about that, but what's ahead? Am I, am I paying attention to what's ahead? I don't need to be distracted by Harry and Meghan. I don't need to be distracted by Love Island. I don't need to be distracted by skating on ice. I need to understand what's going to take my business to the next um, stage. And what we need to do is get the information that will build our competencies 
so that we can be in, so we can upscale. We need to upscale and we need to be sustainable. And that's the most important thing for small businesses because no one has a job for life. And then finally, what support do I need to make these changes? What support do I need to make these things happen? And, you know, Matt, even if I was talking to you and I said that to you, would that be relevant to you? I, I guess in a way, um, you, you, talk about, you talk about networking and getting to know people, um, and, and that's very much what, what the football world is. It's, mm. it's often said in the football world, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I found that to be very true, and, and actually, that's, yeah. if I'm being totally honest with you, that's, that's why I'm in a job now. But but it's also, you know, like us three having this conversation here today, you've learned something from me, I've learned something from you, and, 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 and that's, how we, that's how we move forward. That's how we become more knowledgeable. You know, a lot of the people that we support, um, we've met through, through, through networking, we've met partners through networking. It, it's really important for us to further our knowledge. We're, we're doing a lot of great things, but you've mentioned there are a lot of challenges that, that people are going to be facing in, in, in the upcoming years, and we're just doing our bit to, to try and support them. But... It's very, very important to, to widen our contact base and, and, and get, in, get in touch with people who, who might help us help others. Absolutely. And it's interesting because now I'm being more open about the fact that I lost the ability to walk and I'm learning to walk again. That's changed the way I can network again. So now I cannot go out. I'm not running around in my high heels running around. Um, but it's interesting about the relationships you make and how they support your vision. Because a lot of times we're wasting time with people because they can't do anything. I always say it's like, um, what do you bring to the table? And then when you come to the table, you can't use the knife and fork. But you've already got the knife and fork and the napkin and the first course, <laughs> and you've got it up to dessert. It's just holding you back. And, and life is changing so much. The speed of, of what we need to do means we cannot carry these people anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's what I keep saying, the speed of life. We've got to, in business, personal life, etc. you've got to be on it. And you've got to be surrounded. You know, they talk, was it the, who are the seven people you talk to the most? And what impact does it have on you? And I say to my friends, when I'm having a conversation with you, does it empower me or disempower me? Are you helping me to get to my goals? What happens if I haven't set my vision, I cannot set my goals? No, and it's so much about building relationships with Matt just sort of touched on the people that you know and that you um, mm. build those relationships with because it may be, and certainly with networking, it's so much of a slow burn. If you are, yeah, if you, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you do go, if you do go to an event uh, armed with the people that you feel that you want to talk to, it's, it's as much as about how you can actually help their business. What can I do for you? How can I uh, make it's connections the ask, for isn't you? It, Jackie? It's yeah. the ask. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for me, it's not going to take, um, it's going to take at least six months. For you. And, you know, you have to invest mm. in a relationship for it to work. So you, you, come on, we, what, I knew you, what, in, yeah, when I first started out. So that's over 20 years. I know. I know. Yeah, and where's that gone? Just, where's that go? gone? I mean, everybody, I think technology helps us to, um, it helps us now, but at the time, remember, we were pre-1999, so we didn't know about LinkedIn. We didn't Facebook, have any social Google. media then, did we? <laughs> <laughs> and dare we I say... Call. We had to make a phone call. Oh, no, you go pick up the phone. Up. Um, Always in Victoria, but go on. <laughs> no, I was going to say, dare I say how far I go back in terms of the fact that my background is IT training, which is where 1230, the women's company, actually started because I needed to make connections for that. But I was training in not only the IT industry, but I was also training people to use word processing um, oh in um, Lewisham College and in Croydon College as well oh, in the God business God bless Lewisham College. <laughs> in, the, in the business section. But I yes. always remember with Lewisham College that... Um, I was taking them through 
how to set tabs. Now, Matt might know, might not know what tabs are or tabulation is, but in the olden days, you would calculate, because your fonts were either of a standard size or they were of yes. different sizes, um, Piker and Elite, um, I would take an entire lesson, an entire evening class, <laughs> training people how to set their tabs pre-mouse, pre-mouse. <laughs> um, and and, and, but from that, when the mouse came out, I, it, they were all saying to me, but you just click there, Jackie. So that was my lesson out of the window. <laughs> you just sort of set it through. Because I was taking people, both people who were um, DOS-based um, software, but also mouse using mouse and Windows. So you know the Windows people were like having a rest and a cup of tea and go to the toilet while I was still going through this stuff because they were all taking their RSAs um, on on that. But but really, apart from waffling on about that, is the fact that dig the digital world helps us do things in a more efficient way. It yeah, speeds things up. Exactly. The problem, you know, we you may say it helps us to do things in a more efficient way. The problem with the digital world, it's moving so fast. Well, this is what I was going to say. It's, yeah. it's moving very, very fast. It yeah. means that we are having to act faster as well. And so, we, you know, potentially we end up shattered because we're not taking ourselves aside and saying yes you need a break yes you need to not do any work this weekend because of xyz and all the rest of it um but it is it helps us to do things more efficiently but we need to be able to manage our time better i think that i think is the crux of it is our time management is so hugely important do you find that matt is that you're nodding there so yeah absolutely i find uh, it's all there at the click of a button now isn't it you can get your emails on your phone you can get virtually anything you want mm. on your phone and, and sometimes that's brilliant um and it, it like you say it enables us to, to react to things quickly and, and and to be able to do things more efficiently but also as you quite rightly say, you've got to know when to have a break from that and when to shut off from it. And I think um, the speed at which everything has happened with regards to technology and, and being able to access everything in, in the palm of your hand has made that a little bit more difficult. And, and I've struggled with it, the, the work-life balance side of things. You know, I'm guilty of sitting up at night and, and checking my emails when I should be, should be resting. Um, but each, each person will, will respond to that, that differently. And of course, this has been heightened by the pandemic, hasn't it? You know, the, the fact that we're, we're talking about Zoom and Microsoft Teams and video calling and things like that, which is fantastic to, to have. Um, we've become yeah. a, bit more, a bit more reliant on it, I think, since, since the pandemic. And, mm. and it's really heightened the, the need for it as well. Mm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Sorry, Jackie. No, I was going to say you're absolutely right because pandemic time was um, U3A, uh, University of the Third Age, Third Age Croydon contacted me because they were very concerned about some of their members. They're, they're single ladies living on their own and concerned that they would be isolated. So I took them through. I'd already created a programme, you know, a, pro a process for them. And I met the most amazing women, really interesting women and, and guys as well, um, through actually taking them through how to use Zoom because they would have become isolated on their own. They didn't have families nearby. And so, you know, the whole process. But we have to be very careful, as, as Matt's just said, and you, Sonia, as well. We have to be very careful that we actually do take care of ourselves and we do manage our time better, much more than ever we've needed to now. And I think, I've thought about this from time to time, I think this, apart from the digital world, I think the thing that set the rot in if you like in terms of our management and some and also affected our families was when they brought in shops being open and businesses being open on a sunday and i think you know that our lives started not only from the digital point of view but our family lives changed hugely at that point because i don't know about you but sundays used to be family time we would meet up with the families. We'd well, have lunch. The French, that's the French who say they do not open shops on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. But let me just go back to that. There was something about, I remember doing an, a Zoom conference. And so we're all on a conference call. And then I was like, okay, come on. And then one of the guys was in his bathrobe. And I said, why have you got your dressing gown on? You're not Donald, Donald Trump. I'll just try to be funny. 
And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, da, da, da. I thought about it. I said, well, he's, uh, he looks like he's in his 20s. So he's probably in a shared accommodation. How do I know he can afford to put the heating on? How do I know he's not cold? And that working from home doesn't really work for him. Mm. And it's like, remember what you said, the children going to school? How do you know they had breakfast? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. How do you know they don't depend on that one meal a day? And so, and I'm I'm, going to say this about business. The way we set up and start businesses has changed globally. And I think that, you know, the one hat fits all um, mandate. And I get very, very frustrated with it because I keep saying it's not looking to the future. It's not looking at AI. It's not looking at... Imagine you've got all these people training to be... Oh, my neighbour, he gave up his job through the pandemic. He's working at this really luxurious hotel, Lancaster, Lancaster. And he said, oh, I'm going to be um, a driving instructor. I said to him, you do know that there is a generation of children who swipe left. And when driverless cars come in, it will be cheaper to get a car order a car than it is to get a bus. So why do you think people are going to learn to drive again? And he went, oh, but I'm really passionate about it. And I was like, okay, let's see how long that lasts. And then when I talk to the taxi drivers, they say, Sonia, you've got to remember, there's a generation of people who will not give up driving. And then you look at the drivers of automatic cars, gear sticks, how do we support those needs if we're in business. Because remember, that means if there's going to be driverless cars, no MOT, no servicing, no driving lessons, no driving, um, was it, driving tests, all that, that's all, no insurance, all those industries will be wiped out. So how do you replace those industries? Unlike Apple, who was able to disrupt the insurance industry by bringing Apple Pay, right? Remember, they were sitting on it, sitting on it, sitting on it. And Apple said, well, we've got X amount of thousand people. We can do it today. And they just did it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's some conversations here that we perhaps need to continue with at some point. So I'd love... <laughs> I I, 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 I'm sorry if I went off guard, but no, no, no. I hope it was helpful. And Matt, you know, Kudos to you to what you're doing, the girls, and I hope I can support you in some way, um, because I think it's the not only the passion, it's the process, and how do we support them as local businesses? Because it's the supply chains that support them. Yeah, and there's more you could think about doing. You know, Black History Month, it, all of those things. How you celebrate diversity in your local community as it changes, how does the mayor get involved, how does the council get involved, Mm. you know, don't let them off the hook, do not let them off the hook, how do the schools support, if if we've got X amount of students coming to play football, girls, how are they supporting them? Yeah, yeah, so, um, sorry, I'm 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 just saying, I'm just saying, I know, I know, and thank you for that, and and I hope that you'll both be able to join me on another occasion, um, but I do need well, to... Matt, it was lovely to meet you, lovely to know what you're doing, and hopefully offline we can continue this discussion. Excellent. Definitely. Thank you very much. Yeah, OK, I shall connect you too. That's what I do. Oh, Jackie's <laughs> always connecting me to these amazing people. So thank you, Jackie, for another amazing networking contact. So everyone out there, what's your vision? What does it look like ahead? And what support do you need? And how can Jackie, organisations like mine, organisations like Matt, help you to reach your vision? So I'm asking you, sign up on all the W's, nbwn.org, nbwn.org. How can we support you going forward? And that's the most important thing we can do. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sonia. And thank you for reminding us of how people can actually get in touch with you. And Matt, will you please just...
just remind us how people get in touch with you, please. Of course. We're all over social media at Bromley FC Trust. You can visit our website at bromleyfc.org and you can drop us an email if you like, community at bromleyfc.co.uk. And uh, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you both very much. And, of course, you're both available on the socials. You just type in their names and I'm sure loads of stuff will actually come up. So thank you, listeners, for being here again today. Um, don't forget, it's the Bromley meeting tomorrow. Those of you that are local, it'll be at the Old Town Hall. We'll have a delicious complimentary lunch. I'll be taking you through why you should network and why it is so important to continue networking. Thank you, listeners, for being there. We will catch up with you all later on. See you all again next week, same time, same place, Monday, 2 till 4. Have a great week. Bye for now. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.